0: Hello and welcome back to 20 Minutes in the Text, Seeing Christ in Matthew chapter 11, verses Mm. 28 through 30 today. Uh, My name is Andrew and I'm joined always by my friend Mason.
1: Yes, hello everybody. Uh,
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine. Just uh, enjoy these uh, cool summer days.
0: Yeah, it's been a spectacular Mm -hmm. breath of, literally breath of fresh fresh air. air. (laughs) Um, this past week, which is good, I'm sure soon enough it'll be 98 and 104 yeah. percent humidity again. <laughs> but um, we'll we'll enjoy it while while we have it. Right. We are uh, glad to join you, whether it's on the podcast or on uh, the video today, and we're going to be continuing our journey through confirmation verses or life verses, and. Um, one of our confirmation students this year has selected uh, this passage from Matthew chapter 11. And it's it's a magnificent one. It's hard to say you know, that there's anything in, in the scriptures that aren't magnificent. Right, that's true, yeah. But true. Uh, I think this is a familiar one to many. But Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it goes like this. I uh, will read out of the ESV. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Mason, I mentioned this comes from Matthew yeah. chapter 11. Just to help set the stage, what what might be beneficial for us to know about the gospel of Matthew as a whole?
1: Yeah, so... Um... Matthew uh, is the tax collector, disciple of Jesus, so just the the writer uh, uh, himself. Um, it's written fairly early. So if you think, so it was written, uh, so people date it to 50 AD. Okay. So if you think about it, 20-ish years after death and resurrection and ascension. So very early on. Um, Matthew is writing to a, he's writing specifically to the Jewish people. Um, which is interesting because uh, in past uh, episodes of this, of this uh, segment, uh, we've talked about the different uh, signs and symbols for the gospel mm-hmm. writers. And for the gospel of Matthew, it is uh, a, a man. Um, and the reason why it's a man is Matthew really hones in on, especially the, the beginning part of Matthew, the genealogy, and shows how Jesus comes from the genealogy that has received the promise of the seed that will restore all things. So Jesus is coming from the line that there will be the true king of Israel that will save his people and restore all things, right? So uh, this is sort of important to know, and we'll sort of show how, in the context of this verse, this plays out too. But they're writing to a Jewish audience uh, to show you, hey, Jesus is the fulfillment of this. He's coming from the line of David, right? Um, and he will be the the king and the rest that everyone has been searching for.
0: Great. And so um, Matthew 11, kind of in the in the middle section, so to speak, of mm. Matthew's gospel. And if you if you're flipping through the gospel, you notice that um, the first few chapters are kind of the origins, the genealogies. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the origins starting in Matthew chapter four. We get the baptism and temptation of Jesus, the mm-hmm. the early ministry. The Sermon on the Mount, a magnificent discourse collected for us by Matthew. We've got a section of various signs and deeds that Jesus does. And Matthew 11 comes on the heels of his instruction and his sending out of his own disciples. Mm -hmm. So Matthew 11 uh, verse 1 uh, begins with the statement that when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, Regarding their missionary journeys, he, Jesus, went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. And so, following uh, this sending out of the apostles, Jesus continues his own teaching ministry in their mm-hmm. cities. And uh, John the Baptist, who is, uh, or John the Baptizer, if you will, is now uh, imprisoned mm-hmm. and he is sending his disciples to Jesus. And he's got a question. Of Jesus, essentially, um, are you the one that is to come, or should we be looking for another? Yeah, I was proclaiming you, but now I'm in kind of a precarious, yeah, uh, mm. prisoner situation. So, are you the one, Jesus, or, or should we look for another? Because it doesn't necessarily feel like you're you're the king, you're the Messiah. And
1: this is good because in the writing in the Jewish context, right, and so uh, this is the kind of king that was expected. So it's it's not it's not strange that John is is asking, are you this one, because uh, we're looking for a earthly ruler, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And so uh, Jesus replied to him, is essentially straight from the scriptures. Right. And so as Jesus responds to John, you know, are you the one? He he quotes Isaiah,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he lays out. Well, here's what the prophets say about the coming of the kingdom of God. Are you seeing it? Mm-hmm. Um, and Mason, you and I in a conversation before, uh, we noted that while he lists a handful of things here that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, all these kinds of things, mm-hmm. that there's something specifically uh, worth noting that that isn't here.
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you if you have a Lutheran Study Bible, you can sort of find this pretty quickly. When he 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 talks about a string of different uh, prophecies, but the the one that's interesting is in that Isaiah sixty one. Uh, he says, um, "The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and then Isaiah says to proclaim liberty to the captives." But Jesus does not mention that. Interesting, which is fascinating because. Who is he telling this to? A captive. A captive. Who is
0: not going to be liberated, right?
1: Who will be uh, beheaded soon, right? So Jesus actually leaves out that uh, that portion of the prophecy because John the Baptist will not be freed. Um, He will be freed, right, in the in uh, through his death, but um, not the. This is sort of showing him, in um, some ways, uh, Jesus is the one. But he's not the one that everybody thinks he's going to be, just the, the earthly ruler that's going to you know, kick out the Romans.
0: Yeah. and so, so Jesus then continues in John or Matthew chapter 11, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, with kind of this, this interesting way of raising concerns about those who are hearing His word. right He's answering John, but then he goes out and he speaks to the people about John. and they say, you know, John isn't even necessarily who you're going out to see and what you're expecting. He's the greatest human being to be born. Yeah. You know, true human being without, you know, obviously we've got the incarnation of Jesus. Right. But aside from that, you know, Jesus calls him out, says this is the greatest man ever. And yet Mm -hmm. you still um, don't know who he is. And um, you want us to uh, rejoice when we're sorrowful. And then when we're sorrowful, you want us to rejoice John's fasting, you don't like that. So I come eating and drinking, you don't like that. You ask me to start fasting. And yeah. essentially, y- y- y'all people can't be satisfied with the kingdom of God as it's as it's given to you here.
1: Which is fascinating that um, Jesus is saying this to uh, Jewish people. Um, Matthew is writing this to Jewish people. Uh and we have a string of instances in the Old Testament where the people of God, uh, the people of Israel, are never satisfied with yeah. the signs and wonders of God. And it just continues on to the New Testament, right? It's just, it's just fascinating. How all these things are sort of wrapped up uh, wrapped up together uh, within their context. Yeah,
0: and so Jesus moves on from criticizing the people to just even the cities that they live in. Yeah, um, you know, The great reversal is this... Is a huge gospel theme mm-hmm. um, you know and so even here in this list of cities in starting in verse 20 you know essentially jesus says it's better for these these greek cities and these pagan cities on the day of judgment for, than for the cities of israel who have rejected again mm-hmm. over and over my teaching and who i am and what uh, god is doing here yeah. and then uh, jesus declares in verse 25 i thank you father Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So again, Jesus uh, reverses this and says, it's not the wise, it's not the powerful, it's not the kings and queens that are going to receive this message, mostly because they're in their own way. Mm -hmm. But it's the little children, uh, figuratively and literally, uh, that receive this in pure trust and reliance on Me, right on Christ, who do that, and that brings us to the passage at hand,
1: yeah, yeah, um,
0: which starts with a simple invitation, right? Jesus says, Come to me in verse 28. And so, as he extends this invitation, who is he extending this invitation to? Is it the powerful, is it the successful? No. Mm who's he who's he asking uh, inviting that that come to him?
1: Those who are like children in in saying that meaning the least and the uh, rejected in society right? yeah because yeah. children are, you know, really low uh, on the priority list of of society. So all of those people who um, have been broken down by the law and who have been rejected by. Uh, the community, those are the people who have nothing left, and uh, yes. are drawn to the person Jesus. And it's interesting that he's saying, come to me, because proceeding directly preceding this invitation, uh, this really this imperative, uh, is Jesus saying, uh, no one knows the Father except the Son, or to whom the Son has revealed him. Mm-hmm. So why are you coming to Jesus? not because he's just this nice therapist, but because of the fact that he's the one that gives you loving access to the Father. So that's why one would come to him. Yeah. So those who are laboring, those who are working hard
0: under the law, seeking to justify themselves, seeking to earn God's favor, um, they're going to naturally become burdened and laden down with this this task that cannot be attained. Yeah, and when uh, those who are burdened and weary uh, come to
1: Jesus, they receive rest. Yeah, and uh, this this again is sort of tying it into who is listening and who's hearing, and uh, both in the context and uh, hearing Matthew's writing because of the fact that. Um, way back when, what does uh, when Noah is born and his father names him Noah, the meaning Noah means rest. And we've sort of talked about the Hebrew word before, the etzev, the, the pain and suffering yeah. that has infected humanity. And Noah's father names him Noah because he thinks this is the seed that will give us rest. In reality, it was not. Right. But Jesus is the one who gives the rest that the people are so desperately looking for the escape, the ending of the pain and suffering that they have been experiencing since the fall of man.
0: Yeah. Now, admittedly so, verse 29 and 30 don't necessarily provide for us what we might assume rest is, right? Right. So as we come to Jesus, um, he gives us rest, but then immediately he says, you know, here's how I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, yoke, obviously, this is not Y-O-L-K. We're not talking yeah. about the yellow-orange <laughs> part of an egg. Right. Uh, I mean, he's not cracking eggs on our skulls or anything like that. Right. But, but rather, um, this is an agricultural reference. Mm-hmm. Um, the yoke mm-hmm. being used to string together oxen, to share the burden, to mm-hmm. exponentially uh, relieve the work mm. as these oxen are plowing the fields together. And so this is an invitation to come to Jesus, Mason. And um, when you come to Jesus, he's going to strap himself to you. Yes. He's going to strap his yoke onto you. Yes. And he's going to exponentially, uh, I'm probably mixing metaphors now, <laughs> but exponentially relieve your burden as you walk together.
1: Right. Um. It's just interesting. Uh, I was looking up a reference because I, I read this book uh, called uh, "Gentle and Lowly," uh, and we'll and we'll sort of get to that. But uh, that is what um, uh, that's what the yoke is, right? It's not something. It's not the burden of the law. Um, but it's this thing that, uh, in many ways, I think you already mentioned the Great Reversal. Like this is again what we think of a yoke as something heavy. Jesus is completely reversing it and saying, "But mine is actually, you know, the lightest thing and the most caring thing you'll ever experience. Yeah. My right? yoke
0: is easy. My burden
1: is, is light. light. Uh, because Jesus's burden, because of the fact that the yoke and the burden has been carried by Jesus. Yes, and uh, he sort of he carries it for us, and that's why it's then light for us. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think."
1: that Jesus
0: is intentional with his words and um, Matthew captures this. And so as Jesus is is saying, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. It brings rest. I I would say that this is in stark contrast to what the Pharisees of the time, the teachers of the law of the time would um, hail themselves for bearing this yoke of the law this idea that um, we are fulfilling the law, we are carrying this burden of the law, and we are successfully standing up under it, earning God's favor. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think that you and I necessarily speak this way, Mm -hmm. I think that this is a cancer in uh, Western Christianity, that uh, whether we know it or not, that there is this yoke of the law that we, we we wear as a badge. You know, yeah. look at how great of a neighbor I am. There's virtue signaling on social media and in our world is, is just, I mean, yeah. you can't even number it. Uh, but, but there's this idea that we're standing up under the law and we're doing what we can. There's a handful of uh, religious movements. You know, the scholasticism in Martin Luther's day mm-hmm. was, you know, do your best and, and God will do the rest, you know, yeah. uh, a loose translation. And so that is not true. And so Jesus is saying, no, that yoke, that is going to bear a heavy burden on you. That is going to make you a worker who cannot find rest.
1: So it's uh, uh, correct. The, 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 I was looking up a reference for you. Uh, there, there's an author um, who wrote a book called Gentle and Lowly that sort of looks at uh, the Matthew uh, sort of texts of Jesus. And he says, uh, the point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible, right? Yeah. So again, it's flipping these things on this head where the law is not accessible. The law, the virtue signaling, that is, we are going to try to attain that, access that our entire lives, and then we'll, we'll never get there. When Jesus is saying is, I'm gentle, I'm understanding,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm lowly, I'm easily accessible. Yeah. And so he's, he's proving to the people like, this 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 toiling after this is just a toiling after the wind. Yeah, um,
0: that's that's fantastic. You know this this contrast that the yoke of the law is going to enslave us, where Jesus' yoke actually in binding us together liberates us. Correct. And uh, the yoke of the law holds us down, while Christ raises up raises yeah. us up out of this. And the the yoke of the law, as you just mentioned returns us in failure back to the law to try harder and to work harder and to fail over and over and over again where jesus yoke returns us back to the gospel message that says you don't have to work yeah the burden has been bore born born yeah for you yeah. the work has been done for you and now we are free to actually do the law
1: yeah, out of joy and out yeah. of
0: response, yeah. and not out of obligation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think it's worth noting here. Uh, Martin Luther says this very well in his uh, 1518 Heidelberg Disputation, mm-hmm. right? That um, the law says do this, and it's never done, but the gospel, um, the gospel says believe in this, and it is already done for
1: you, and that. Is a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think for us, uh, there are, there's going to be times in our life, and I think that this is where it, um, it's, it's important to say, especially if uh, for the people, uh, for the person who's considering this and writing this for the confirmation verse, Jesus' yoke, um, his accessibility, it's very easy. But that does not mean that life is not going to have mm-hmm. its full share of challenges. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that being a Christian is going to be the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's going to be difficult, right, to be a Christian, to, to fight against sin, uh, to to try to live a holy life. But the, the easy thing, the, the joyful thing, the understanding thing is the fact that Jesus has done it all and won it all for us yeah. forever. Amen period, the thing that you received at your baptism and the thing that now you're confessing is yours, is truly that saving promise of Christ that he is accessible to you forever. He understands you, uh, all your sins and all your past, um, and he still wants you. Yeah. Um,
0: And in that gospel truth, we now go joyfully to our work that God has set in front of us. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, whether it's on the video or the podcast, and we look forward to being with you next time here on 20 Minutes in the Text. Goodbye, everyone. 20 Minutes in the Text is recorded and produced by Andrew Nelson and Mason Vieth at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in St. Peter's, Missouri. Andrew and Mason are friends, theologians, and brothers in Christ who find great joy in sharing the gospel message. Join us for Christ's Word, commentary, and conversation, 20 minutes at a time. We hope you enjoy the show.